Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant. Another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org. Good morning. Well, I had uh, notes and everything, but... But... <laughs> It was like we got off on an exit and God said, hey, I'll drive from here, so we'll see where this goes. Um, hopefully my wife's not over there like she's laying in a plane like she was at Chillicothe campus. She's like, don't say that. They don't know us that way. So I, I am thankful to be here this morning. I am uh, a little nervous, as you can tell, but... I think this is only my third time I've ever been up in, other than court, so I'm used to being to court. <laughs> so, um, I see a lot of people that's had a, a big impact on one of the reasons that I am up here. Uh, Tony and Kel, they know me since you were still allowed to hit kids back in the day, so <laughs> it's been that long. Um, so my message was know your role and I sent a text out a couple weeks ago to some just random people ask them to rate their marriage and how how they portrayed how they how did they learn what did they see as to what relationships should look like. So I got a lot of different answers. I sent them people in the church, people not in the church. Basically they were all the same except the numbers. Some of them I was told it's none of your business. Who is this? (laughs) That's what you get when you send out random text. I just put numbers in and hope for the best. But a lot of them were no one said TV or Hollywood, but I, I believe that's where we get the gist of it. Growing up, as um, we see, the girls are always playing with the dolls and princess this, and, and the guys are eating dirt and breaking things, falling out of trees. And then when they get that age of courtship, the guys are clueless if they haven't had a strong foundation of, of what that relationship status should look like. Now me growing up, um, the, way I, the way that I seen relationship status was from my dad and I've learned now that that's really not the way that, that goes. And Angie's thankful that, for that too. Um, the man was the man of the house. What he said went, there was no discussions. And my mom pretty much just waited on everybody. She could be sitting eating, we walk in the house, she would get up, fix our plate. Growing up, I never touched laundry other than to put it on and throw it in the in the hamper. It was in the drawer when 
it was cleaned. At least I hope it was. Um, so that that was, and then alcohol was in on that. I, I believe I was 14 when I had my first drink with my dad. And those of you that, that know me and my dad, I pretty much idolized him. So I want to do everything that he done. And growing up, that was that was the only thing that that was my lesson, my life lesson on, on to do that. Then I met Angie when I was 16. She came from a background to where really it wasn't like that. So when those two clashed, I always had the mindset of it was my way. And then Angie being bullheaded the way she is, said no, that's not the way. But honestly, according to the world standards, I, I shouldn't even be up here today. I shouldn't be married today. I shouldn't probably be in prison or one of you all would have probably done my funeral by now. But, but God, if learning that, putting him in the middle of every situation, and it's not easy, I mess it up daily on to center my life around him. But just just to go back, it was uh, 2000. We had went to a uh, Hell Escape thing in Lancaster. Was in there, and uh, they had all the mostly teenagers. There were some adults in there. I was in there, and they wheeled the casket up, and the guy looked at me. He's like, "Hey, uh, can you grab the casket?" I'm like, "Hey, uh, that's not a good idea." Uh, but it was based on a true events from a, a girl that had lost her boyfriend to that, and then there was other terrible things involved in that. But grabbing, it was like grabbing, when I grabbed that casket, it was like, this is going to be you if you do not change your lifestyles. We were there with uh, a group of people from, from here, I believe. I know Aaron and Rachel and them were there. Um, you come to the end of it, and uh, there's two doors, heaven or hell. So I stood there, not because I was thinking about going to hell, but am I ready yet? Is everything in my life fixed yet? And I just felt the presence say, now is the time. So I went through the, the heaven door, thankfully, and it's, that was back in 2000, and it's been, been an adventure ever since. One thing that, uh, that hit me a while back was I've been married 28, going on 28, going on 28 years, and since been in the, the marriage ministry, we were doing good. I thought we were doing good, and I asked her, I asked Angie, so how many years out of the, it was maybe 25 then, have been good? So out of those 25, I think she said like two. And that, that was like a gut check for me, like, it's me being 
been the, the spiritual leader of the household only two, two years out of 20, 25 that were good. But I, there, we're adding to that, right? Slowly. But been married, I know I'm not, I know your role is relationships and she gets, she gets on me because it's supposed to be about your relationship with God starts out with you, first of all. If you cannot come to the point to where you love yourself, there's no way that you can add a person to the relationship and love them if you, if you can't get that right with yourself. We fall into the, to the mindset that if, if we're having trouble or we see other people in relationships, uh, some of the answers were they, they based their relationships on seeing what other people's went through and how they dealt with it and what not to do because of some of the things that they've seen. But we want to add that other person so quick. We think that the, the other person's going to complete us. And then that takes all the, the, all the attention off of us, and we can throw all the attention on the other person, which is wrong. We've, we set them as idols. We, Angie and I talked about that uh, idolization demonization we can I can set her on such a pedestal and I put her before God or vice versa she puts me before God or puts the kids before God or we put work before God we put social media before God I mean that's uh, when I spoke in Chilcate I had my phone out and I always laid it up there scrolling through and it was like, I don't need this to portray my life and how God turned it around. I don't need a phone. We get so locked up in, in social media. Who likes this? How many likes? How many, how many people like this? How many people shared this? But we're, we're good about sharing other people's life events, but are we good about sharing God's word with other people? And that's where, that's where it was real hard for me. I'm not a, I am a goofball. I will just go up to, to people, but do I, do I do it in the right way? Do I, do I make my life an image of what God would want me to do? Yes, sometimes, and a lot of times, no, but thankful for God's mercy and grace that, that he allows do-overs. But I just wanted to just portray that about the relationship with yourself, first of all. That's, that's something we have to work on, whether you're married, single, uh, complicated, as Facebook puts it. Uh, you, have to, you have to put God first in all that we do 24-7. It's not a, a Sunday thing. It's not behind the doors of your house to where you can look one way on. They got it all together on Facebook, but you visit them. It's not always like that. And come and visit us and you'll see. We're real. We fight. 
The only reason we didn't argue on the way to church this morning is we drove separate. <laughs> so, <laughs> shout out to all the other ones that argued on the way to church. Um, if, uh, if I was to ask the gentleman, if I was to ask Mike how many years he'd been married, all women are going to look at him like, boy, he better get it ready. Or he better get it right. All the guys are going to look at him and be like, come on, Mike, we're cheering for you. Get it right, get it right. <laughs> but that's how we, we always look at other, I've looked at other relationships and wondered, God, why do I not have what they had? Or I'm so glad that I'm not in that, in that area of my life anymore. But in that, in that instance, we need to step up and get them, drag them up out of that time if they're ready. Angie and I, we, we do the, the marriage ministry here. Uh, this time around, we're doing five years and less of being married. And I thought, how is that going to make sense for us to almost 30 years of being married to teach someone that's just start now they're still in their honeymoon stage then another gut check was maybe you've only had five years of good marriage maybe you can teach them not to go through the things that you did not to not to act the way that you did and it wasn't all me i mean living with her is mm. <laughs> that's a whole other hour <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we drove separate. Mm. <laughs> but it, I've been here, I, uh, I started out here in 1986 as a, a demon teen, I would say. Sheila McPherson would say that. Um, but it was because of her, because of Tony and Kel. I don't see anybody else that known me back in that day. Oh, yeah, Miss Alice, I didn't want you to raise your hand. <laughs> but being a teen here, because of the interaction with, with Tony and Kel and the prayers and everything for Miss Alice, I bet you did pray for me a lot, didn't you? Pray to stay away? <laughs> boy, keep that boy away from this house. <laughs> But uh, it was because of them that, that they were obedient to God to, to invest in someone like me, someone that in the service. Of course, we didn't have the bathroom back then, so you had to go to the outhouse. I called it the smokehouse back in the day. <laughs> but... Imagine you're, you're in there just hot boxing away and you got Pastor Eric swinging the door open on you. <laughs> but he, he, even him, the ones that invested, they, they took time out of their day, out of their life, out of their busy schedules. Because life hasn't got easier. We're still on the busy schedule. We didn't have phones that kept us busy, but... We had other things that, 
that would tie our time up. So I'm thankful for them people that invested in me, and, and I want to, in return, invest in other people that I see that's, that's struggling, that's uh, going through things that any human shouldn't have to go through. Um, one thing that I guess that added to uh, my life story was, as I said, I drank at 14. I wasn't sneaking and drinking. That was, can't wait for dad to get home so we can sit on the porch. I, I look now, I was like, man, what in the world was, was I thinking? And then the military, coming from a military family, it was hardcore sometimes growing up at my house. It was, like I said, it was his way or no way. And me being hard-headed, we, we clashed a lot. So I thought if I go, that was, in my mindset, that was one way that I could make my dad proud and maybe get off of my back as if I went in the military. But by doing that, and I'm glad I did, I have no regrets but the alcohol was still ready, available at all times. On the ship, out in the middle of nowhere, someone always had something buried up underneath a pillow or something. And that, so that just added, when I got out, that's from 97 to 2000, I was uh, a proud member of five DUIs within that three years, all from Jackson County. Well, I got, I got my fourth one. I got before I went to court for that one. I got my fifth one. So now it turned into a felony DUI. Tried to outrun them. Can outrun the law, that's for sure. And especially in a '77 Ford Granada. That's. Uh, <laughs> um, it was just like a. They still have the video. I think they use it for training purposes. Uh, it was your typical cops back in the day, the, the wife beater, the long hair. I was running, but I wasn't going anywhere. So after, uh, after all that, to tell on uh, some of the church staff here, of course, it was Pastor, uh, Pastor Eric. He knew that I had no license. I went five years, no license. I was the maintenance guy over the church van. So we were in the office. He's like, the van needs maintenance, needs washed. I have no license. Well, let's pray. Lord, don't let him get pulled over. That was the gist <laughs> of it. So there I am on Bridge Street, hair blowing in the wind, probably a cigarette in the church van back and then. But he let me drive the church van all that time. Never once got pulled over. But the moral of that is, like I said, running. You can run and run and run from God. And you're going to get tired. And when you stop to turn, he's right there. Every time, he's never, he's never left us. He's never forsaken us. And... And the, restora the restoration part of uh, 
my life, including with with uh, my marriage and my kids. We we have four very mean kids. Ah, they're so mean. <laughs> they're all adults now, so it's just we have one that thinks that the Gilliland house is a hotel sometimes, just comes and goes, but um, we're there by ourselves now. So now we just look at each other and just, do you hear that? It's so quiet. <laughs> it's so nice. But I look back and, and if it wasn't for God, we wouldn't be where we're at now. We wouldn't have the house that we have. We wouldn't have the jobs that we have. We still, we still struggle. We still have the impasse, as Patrick would say, the impasses. Sometimes multiple a day. But we have a rule in our house that we always kiss goodnight. No matter how bad she wants to claw my eyes out. Cause she, she'll tell me. She wants to fist me in the face sometimes. <laughs> But if you know me, when I get the, that was the thing about coming up here, there's like, are, are you nervous? Yeah, I'm nervous, but I'm not nervous about getting up here because I'm a goofball anyway, so it doesn't bother me. But I was nervous of how, how to bring God's word and how to, to make that to where if it helps one person, then God's done his job. We just have to be receptive of that. But am I good on time? It's only 11. <laughs> I feel like I've been up here an hour and a half already. <laughs> good Lord. I need a, I need, can I use your jacket, Jay? Ah, oh, yeah. So, I, as you guys know, back around Thanksgiving, I had my, knee procedure done. It was doing fine, doing good. I was getting around. Uh, in the hospital, this is one thing, I told this at Chilcot, this is one thing I never understood. So I'm in the first time I ever had surgery. Pride uh, was getting the best of me. I'm not scared, I'm not scared. And everyone started coming in with the corona mask, coronavirus mask on and everything, but we didn't have it back then. And the doctor sits down, the surgeon, I had to verify my name, social security number, I think, date of birth, something. And he said, in case of emergency, what who do, do you want, do you have an emergency contact? Well, you're the doctor. Maybe another doctor or something? <laughs> I mean, what is Angie gonna do in here? So I never did that one of the dumbest questions I've ever been asked. So I'm gonna help some ladies out, because especially been married. Um, see, some of that bother, that right there bothers some of you so bad right now. <laughs> especially you women. You guys are trained from a young age. That is, that is a no-no in the house. <laughs> but ladies, this is all you have to do. That's it. Or if it's in the hallway. 
step over. If it's, your, if it's not yours, don't worry about it. Pick your battles. Angie's good about saying that. If, if I start getting a little red-faced because of the multiple boxes on my porch throughout the week, that's her famous word, pick your battles. <laughs> but I've learned, uh, I'm going to tell on her, I just figured this out this morning. It was like a revelation this morning that now that when I get on tour, she's kind of slowed down, but she's added another, another trick to her madness on all this Amazon. Um, now she will get the kids something, get the little grandkids something, so it's out there too. And she'd be like, well, you know, it was a bundle deal. <laughs> I didn't know the Tide and, and I don't know, she'd buy some of the good stuff, ain't it? It's good stuff. It's cheaper. If you buy, if you spend a thousand, we'll give you $30 free <laughs> for this. That's like that Kohl's cash, that's it. That is from the devil. <laughs> and they'll sign, they'll circle in red. You saved $400. Lady, the, the sweatshirt's only worth $20 anyways, and you got it for 50, so you're charging me 20, so circle away if you want, but. <laughs> Let's see what else is there to make fun of at my house. Am I in trouble yet? No, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be all right. Two couches. Look, we have so much time invested now. You can sit around and make fun of each other now. I don't advise that from the, the five and early marriage. <laughs> It's fun to laugh. That's what I do. I, I try to make people laugh. Uh, especially if I, if I start letting pride get the best of me, the certain things I always bring out. Try to bring out laughter in the situation, and sometimes, especially at funeral homes and hospitals, that's not the best place to, to be sarcastic. If you uh, got family, in the elevators, kicking other people off because they say they're taking up half the weight limit on the elevator. And that's not a good situation. Or it's always, I didn't know it until I was told, Angie told me it was bad to hit every button in the elevator at the hospital because that's prolonging them to get to see their family members. So take the stairs, the only thing I got to tell them. But, I hope that in your lives, and in Melissa, you all right? All right. <laughs> That's a good thing about having the mic at church. Um, I'll go back to the people that invested. It's, if I would have been just another number, just another kid, just another uh, hellion running around in the neighborhood, with no one investing, I would probably still be running around in the neighborhood doing ungodly things, 
but is it, you can, Walmart's the place to do it if you ask me, if you want to watch what not to do, especially with children. But the, to watch a kid now interact with their parents out in public is, is crazy nowadays. I would not have had my teeth at that age if I would even utter or if I thought I was going to say something back to my parents. The main reason I didn't talk back to my mom is because I knew my dad was coming home at some time that day and she wasn't afraid to snitch. Even I can I would I wish that I could say that that my parents invested uh, in me as a now I didn't live a bad child. I mean I wasn't I got two whippings for my dad, I believe. I always tell everybody I got two because the first one didn't sink in, but the second one it was a good one. But my mom is drug me here in 86 to start out and we would get out she would go in the building I would go in the, the teen center that would be over we'd get back in the car and go back back home never once in my childhood did did we ever talk about what happened to church or lessons uh, I knew my mom went every Sunday and Wednesday and after I got to a certain age, they quit, they quit making me go. But I would still get phone calls or I would still run into the people that invested. The, looking back now, that, that lets me know that they never stopped investing, they never stopped praying. And I don't know the, the exact years, but I know, uh, Angie prayed, she still prays for our marriage, but it's, it's not the same prayer that she was praying 20-some years ago, that, that we have a normal marriage or what one looks like. I'm not sure that I would want a, a normal, boring marriage, but we have to... We have to stay on track, focus on God's word, keep him in the center of our relationship, meaning our, all of us, because if, if I can't get it right with just me and God, I'm not going to get it right with, with adding Angie into that situation. Angie, can't, Angie doesn't complete me, and I cannot complete her. But with God in the center of our marriage, that completes a godly marriage. If you're not married, the relationship with you and God, you cannot have a relationship, a friendship, or anything unless you put God first in your life and surrender to Him. Unless you want, nobody wants fake anymore, nobody wants the mask parades anymore. I don't, I know uh, Greg said that I was real, but I haven't always been real. I was real quick to get in trouble. That was about the only real that I was. But 
Now it's I'm too old to run. I get I get I, we got a saying at the house we're, we're sick of it. I say that daily. I'm sick of it. Not and the people say, "What are you sick of?" I'm just sick of it. I'm tired of being tired. But you get to that, and I'm thankful that I got to it to an age of uh, maturity enough to realize that God is there all the time. He, he'll, he'll, he'll never leave you high and dry. He'll never be late. No matter what situation we're doing, uh, what situation we're in, the predicament we're in, I think, I know for me, I've said it multiple times, I mean, if you're going to be honest, maybe some of you did too, God, if you just, if you can get me out of this situation. And for a couple of days, you'll be all right, you're doing all right, and then, God, I promise this is the last time. If you can get this, uh, get this person not to press charges, if you can get this trooper not to write this ticket, God, I promise I won't drink and drive no more. God's not a God's not a a claw machine to where you can just grasp for anything. If you're real with him and you're and your and your heart is real, you'll never have a better feeling than that. So I guess in all that the the verse But love does cover a multitude of sins. And that we're, st we're still in the society to where we, we rate sin is sin is sin is sin. No matter if you can't push away from the table, from eating to what, killing somebody or something of that nature. I do have a couple questions, and we're going to see who can get these right. If I said I spent six years in prison by a show of hands, who would say yes? Five years in prison. Maybe I stress it a year. None of you think I've ever been in prison? I worked at a prison six years. So thankfully, I never was in there. That was uh, truth enough to kind of the, the reality show, Scared Straight. I will uh, put the fear of God in you working in there. It's a whole new world. Uh, what are some other questions? 30 pairs of tennis shoes. Look at the hands. Look at the hands. <laughs> Derek, you got me after church. It's my dog. Um, never forget. I'll say this, and then Greg can come up and put a bow on it or whatever he said he was going to do. Never forget. No matter what situation you're in in life, there's someone praying for you or someone that's that's hoping that you'll 
be receptive of their prayers. There's someone that's that's rooting for you to to step up and and get out of the situation. And that's even been married going on 28 years. We're still we're still gonna get it wrong. We're still gonna argue on the way to church. Still, we're still gonna argue over what clothes are on the floor, even though I may wanna wear it again tomorrow, I don't know. But just remember that you can be the one that's praying for that person. We said yesterday that we were driving, she showed me a picture of a, another young girl, beautiful girl passed away because of OD. Now, if we're honest, I'll be honest and open. I used to be the one. They chose it better them than me. Until, until it started hitting close to home. Still, and until it became my family members, became my friends as friends. And then that's, I think Natasha said this, that that's somebody's daughter, that's somebody's mother, sister. That's a, that's a, a life that God wanted nothing but love for. And that's, that's when it hit home with me was Never stop praying for for people in that situation. It doesn't have to be um, drug. I mean, alcohol, drugs, pornography. I mean, commercials that's on TV nowadays is you might as well call pornography. Some of it. The the kids are ready available on their phones at the click of a button. They can see. They have all access to anything in the world. And if we're not teaching them, their phone is. So I just, uh, I thank you for just being able to come up here and share a little bit of my life. And, and hopefully that, like I said earlier, if it just helped one person to see that God loves them so much, no matter what their situation, no matter what they're going through, that God will see you through it. He's already been there. They, uh, I think Miss Alice said this morning, the way maker. He's already went before us. He made the way. If we, if we keep that in front of us, never lose sight of that, then we'll make it. Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churcht.org.